it feels like you're just gripping onto quicksand every time you start a new diet. The moment I had my first bite, it was like Pandora's box was open. That just means it's too hard. Goodbye diets and hello sustainable health. I'm Elise, dietitian and nutritionist based in the Silicon Valley. I believe that we all deserve an effortless relationship with food without obsession. Is intuitive eating right for you after years of dieting and binging? And it's the start of a new year and I'm waking up. It's Jan 2nd, 2023. And every year we all have this desire to grow as a person, to do things differently. And I'm no different. For many years in the past, I used to think that the answer was food. Maybe I'll try something else. I'll try something new. I'll try a new diet. I'll try a new workout routine to be my thinnest, most waif-like self. And I remember maybe it was 10 years ago when I was an undergrad, I woke up that Jan wanting to eat based on this plan I had written down for myself in my journal. So in my little journal entry, I wrote down, I wanted to eat the sweet potato and egg for, for breakfast. I wanted to have a salad every single lunch at the very specific times I designated. And I did that that winter. So I remember packing my Tupperware. It was a tiny little Tupperware, not even proper salad size Tupperware. And I would jam it full of lettuce and kale and tomatoes and whatever else I could find and very little dressing. So as you can imagine me carrying that around, it was a very dry salad. And I would sit down in between classes at lunch on campus where all the squirrels would be. So imagine me on a wooden bench people watching with the rest of the squirrels chomping on my salad and in the bay when it's the winter time right now in Jan, it gets to be in the fifties, sometimes forties. So I'd be shivering, opening up my lunchbox. I would be cold while I was eating my salad. And then I'd be cold afterwards. So no wonder that's that winter felt so cold. I was cold and hungry. I walked through the day like a zombie because I barely had any nourishment going to my brain to get through my glasses. I doubt the squirrels wanted my leftovers either because it was just dried lettuce. But fast forward, I remember a few months into this, you know, new routine, I was walking past the the cafe on campus, the free speech movement cafe, and I thought I was just going to get some coffee and sit down to study my organic chemistry. But instead I found myself ordering the espresso chocolate brownie. And that thing was so good. It was ooey and gooey and chewy. It was everything you want a brownie to be with the perfect balance of sweet and bitter. And that used to be such a treat for me. But I thought, no, this is a new year. I'm not going to order these. But it had been like two months into my new routine. And I was like, oh, maybe I deserve this brownie. Maybe I'll just have a few bites and leave it or throw it away. I ended up eating the entire thing because the first bite was so magical. The rest of the brownie experience was just as magical. But the moment I had my first bite, it was like Pandora's box was open. I don't know if you've ever felt like this with food, but this whole sort of wave of food guilt and also how could this be so delicious? And also, am I addicted to sugar? And also, oh no, oh no, this is the start of something I didn't want to happen. And that was the beginning of essentially a binge spiral because I knew from the first bite onwards, it was gonna not end well. So then the rest of the day, I just 
went through the list of the things I didn't allow myself to eat and bought those and went back home to eat them. And that was basically the start of a few days worth of a binge where I probably just didn't leave my house and I was in my PJs and ate and ate and ate and ate. And if you've ever had cycles like that before, where there are periods of being on the bandwagon and being so disciplined and having so much willpower, and then you swing to the other side and you let all reins loose and you are pushing yourself past fullness and comfortable fullness for days on end, you've essentially entered a very normal cycle. The reason why this happens, and I want to help you normalize this, is because of a few things. But first, I want to tell you about intuitive eating and the most simple way I like to think of it. So I like to think of it as a Venn diagram, three bubbles. This is how we choose to eat intuitively. This is how we choose to move intuitively and do anything for ourselves intuitively. So the first bubble of this Venn diagram, I want you to think of as logic. Logically and intellectually, you know that a walk is good for you, that fresh air is good for you, water, fruits, veggies, you name it, enough sleep. Logically, we know what is good for our bodies, but can we be 100% logical for the rest of eternity? I really thought that winter that I could. I thought in Jan, I was going to start a new clean slate and I was never going to eat sugar, never going to eat dairy, never going to eat gluten. I was just going to follow my sweet potato and salad plan for the rest of my life. And I really thought, you know, if, if I just had enough willpower and discipline, I could see this through. Why is it impossible to see something so simple through? If you've ever had that thought, then you are clearly trying to push yourself to the limits of you know, logic and being a robot. Because if you were 100% logical for the rest of your life, you would be a robot and probably no fun to hang out with. People would probably not want to invite you to their next potluck or next dinner. So that brings me to the second bubble, which is the emotions bubble. So as humans, we're human because we have emotions and sometimes we like to celebrate with food or sometimes we find comfort in food and all of that is perfectly okay up to an extent that serves you. For example, if your best friend baked you a cake, your favorite cake on your birthday, your friend whipped the eggs from scratch, dirtied her entire kitchen for you, spent the day cleaning it up and put a candle in that cake and she presented it to you on your birthday. If you said, no, thank you, I'm not eating sugar this month, it would probably be devastating and disappointing for her and you would probably be thinking about that cake for the rest of the day because you kicked yourself for not tasting it. So instead, probably the net positive experience with that situation is having a bite or, you know, a slice of the cake. But there are times where using food for comfort to soothe loneliness, sadness, overwhelm, stress doesn't serve you. For example, if you're going through a season of sadness or maybe, you know, mother nature with her daylight savings at this time of year, everything is dark by like 4.30. If you need a pint of ice cream to get through the evening and that happens for a week, for a month, by the end of that month, your body probably doesn't feel great and you don't feel great. At one point, it served you. And at one point, there was a tipping point where it no longer served you. There is a spectrum of when food is serving you and when food is no longer serving you and your emotions. But the issue is, and there, this is a blind spot for a lot of people, if your answer to solve every emotion is with food, for example, if you're feeling lonely and you just want to feel connected and the only way to soothe that is food, then have you thought of other ways that you would 
be more connected to people outside of food? Would texting a friend or sending a friend a card or calling a friend help you feel more connected or going out of your way to mingle or small talk with coworkers during the day? Would that help you feel more connected coming home at night versus other emotions like anxiety or overwhelm at work? Is food distracting you from that negative emotion? Instead, what do you need to boost your mood outside of food? You always have to think, why am I feeling this way? Like, what am I feeling? And is food the answer? What is the alternative feeling I want to be feeling, right? Connected, stimulated, not bored, fulfilled. What other things can get you there without the food if you're not hungry? It's kind of like those kids' kids' toys of the different shapes that you jam into the holes of. You know, for example, food is a square in this example, and all of these emotions are different shapes. You got triangles and circles and rectangles. Can a square fit into a circle sometimes? Maybe if you jam it in hard enough. So yeah, maybe food can soothe your boredom for a little bit. It's not the perfect fit. Can you find a better fit for that circle, for that boredom? So that's the emotional piece. And intuitive eating is almost like therapy in a way. It's giving you the tools, more shapes in your toolbox to put into the right holes. So that is one way to develop that skill set to soothe your emotions. And then finally, the third bubble in this Venn diagram is super important, and it's the physical sensations bubble. There are certain physical cues that only you yourself know about yourself. For example, I, from an outsider perspective, will never know if you're thirsty, hungry, tired, or full, right? Those are only things you know yourself. And I will never forget my best friend. The first international trip that we took together, I took her to my hometown in China and it was like day two, we're walking around the streets and it's very loud and she just burst out crying in tears. And I thought, oh no, what what's happening? Oh no, does she want to go home? And she said, Elise, all I want is water. I don't have a big water bottle with me right now. I'm thirsty. I haven't had a meal. It's too loud. I'm sleepy. I didn't get good sleep. Those are the four things I need to have a good day. And I thought, wow, she is so right. Like those are such simple needs and she's voicing it so directly. And I didn't even realize that it was just so simple, but she knows that about herself. I never realized that about myself until that day. I didn't know how to voice my needs. I didn't even know what needs I had. Every time I was annoyed or sad or overwhelmed or burst into tears, I had no clue why. I literally was like, walking in a corn maze. Like, why am I feeling this way? But for her, it was like, give me these four things and I will be good. So do you know that about yourself, especially with hunger and fullness? If you have had years of pushing yourself to restriction, right? Of not allowing yourself certain foods, ignoring your hunger, even maybe liking the feeling of hunger because you feel like maybe it's making you thinner or when whenever you do eat, you overdo it because you're starting out so hungry. The thing about animals and humans, if you push yourself to the limits of hunger, to the very extremes, willpower is no longer a thing. At that point, it's your primal hunger, your body pushing you to eat, and most people will overeat. So there's no willpower or discipline. That's not the issue at that point. It's just your body has been pushed to such an extreme that it needs to overshoot. Versus if you started a meal at a calm level of hunger, you would be able to enjoy the meal calmly and better notice those internal signals of fullness more sharply. So anywho, do you know how you're feeling on the inside? Are you acutely aware of those subtle internal 
shifts between calm hunger to antsy hunger to extreme hunger. And on the flip side, comfortable fullness, not being able to stand up and then like really needing to take a nap and feeling so bloated where you need to like take off your whole pant situation. So when you take those three bubbles into consideration, so taking a step back, what is intuitive eating? It's using your logic It's using your emotions and it's using your physical signals to guide you in making the best decision. Now, are there seasons where you're purely using logic and forgetting the other two? I'm sure you have. That's dieting. Have you had seasons where you sat in your emotions and use food as your emotional solve for everything? I'm sure you have as well. Have you had seasons of not listening to your body and like ignoring those very subtle cues and just trudging forward? Of course you have, but how can you consider all three on a daily basis before every meal, every day, you're recalibrating back to center so that you're not oscillating between different bubbles and different seasons. That is true intuitive eating. And I think a lot of us fear, oh, Elise, but like intuitive eating means I'll just like eat chips until my face is blue and like eat all of the pints of ice cream and like never come out of this hole and become a whale. Well, the thing is, if you're listening to your body and you're coping with your emotions in a healthy way, in a diverse way, I doubt you would sink that deep. But the thing is, yeah, sure. If if anyone were to take out all of their food rules day one and just go head on all in into intuitive eating, that is really scary. I don't recommend anyone doing that. I didn't do that. It took me, what, six years to become the most intuitive normal eater. I would say 2022 was the year that I was the most normal, calm, chill eater. And I say that because I was able to go on a trip with another family that had the completely opposite eating pattern to me. And I was able to adjust. They ate two meals. I ate three meals a day, but I was able to share meals with them at random times. But I was totally fine with that because I snacked in between and eating cake and eating a little bit of dessert here and there, no guilt at all. So if it took me six years and I'm in this field every single day, telling my patients these tips, embodying them myself, telling them to appreciate their bodies, believing that in myself a little bit more every day. It's almost like a feedback. The more I tell my patients to do certain things, the more I also embrace and embody them. And bit by bit, six years into it, I mean, I really feel like, yes, I might be the person that brings the most snacks to a trip, but I'm also now the most flexible I've ever been. So you might logically know what I just told you, or you might have read the book, or you might have watched videos or TikToks or whatever it may be about intuitive eating. And you're like, I got it. I got it, girl. I know. I know what it's about. I I think I can do it, but I'm scared. That's okay. Logically, you know, but until you've tried it, until if you if you really practice these things, bit by bit, year by year, it's going to feel overwhelming. And that's why I think when it, when it comes to my patients, I get to see them from a third person perspective. Whenever a person comes to me, there's so many blind spots because they live this way of eating and this relationship with food every single day that I think I'm able to come in and say, you know, I really don't know if you've thought about this, but it seems like you're under eating massively throughout the day and you're setting yourself up for failure at night when you're home alone because your body is so starved. And when you have a first bite of anything, you feel like it's out of control because first of all, you didn't eat enough. And second of all, you're not coping with your emotions in other ways. 
and it all just feels out of control and one big muddle. Let's parse this out one by one versus another person might come in and a lot of their issues have to do with body image. And I'm going to get into that right now. And the thing about body image is a lot of us have these internalized beliefs about ourselves that we've carried through with us through childhood, whether it's your dad or mom saying, you know, you'll never find a, a partner if you're not thin or friends saying your nose is bigger than mine or your arm is bigger than mine. All of that gets internalized. And to this day, you might think, ah, I'll never be good enough or I will never be seen as confident or successful or beautiful if I'm not X, Y, and Z. And the thing is, the more that that is holding you down, if you're aware of it or not, the more that it's going to make your relationship with food harder to restore. So right now as an adult, the only thing we can do is look back on those beliefs and think, is it serving me? And do I want to continue believing in these beliefs? At the end of the day, that's the only thing you can do because they're in there, you know, they're deep in your bones, but you can start the rejection process, you can start to build new railroad tracks. And this stuff isn't easy. If you are in your 20s or 30s, you've had 30 years of believing in whatever message you've had on a daily basis. And now it's the time to convince yourself otherwise. So if you have a hard time believing that you're enough as you are, I freaking had a poster of I am enough and worthy as you are on my wall that I stared at as I was working with patients every single day of 2022. Hopefully that has seeped in. And I do feel like it actually has. Like there are times where I don't dislike myself as much as other times. You know, I can catch myself liking myself a little bit more or not thinking that I, I'm so dumb or like I, I'm so stupid or I dislike whatever I did. And I even now have saved it on the background of my phone. I am enough as I am. So same thing with body image. How can you every day start to appreciate your body just a little bit more? You don't have to love your body, but can you just identify one thing your body has done for you? If you hate your stomach, what is one thing your stomach has done for you today? For me, it's I'm standing right now recording this podcast. It's holding my upper body, my mouth to my lower body as I'm standing. It's amazing. Or maybe you had a big meal and you thought you would never be hungry again. You thought you would never digest such a big meal. And like, I don't know, the next day you felt fine. Like you were hungry again. Isn't that a miracle? Every time you overeat, overshoot, your body always processes it and you will feel hungry again. You'll feel normal again. You won't feel so disgustingly full. (laughs) So every single day, it's like a brainwashing kind of exercise. Tell yourself, what what has my body done for me today? Especially a body part that you maybe don't particularly love. And that's the best way to develop body neutrality. And that's maybe the best it's going to get. If you're just neutral and don't hate your body, maybe that's the end goal for now. And in the future, you can work towards body positivity, body love, all of those good things. But the best that anyone can hope for is body neutrality. So if someone is really struggling with hating their body and all they want to do is like find the next diet or the new tool to help them lose weight, then for that person, the The first step is wearing comfortable clothes, maybe not looking at yourself so much in the mirror, um, how to kind of find the, the appreciation in your body, even just a little bit. Those are the things that could, could really set someone off in a positive way. And the way that this all comes together is when we identify the pain point that's affecting you the most and holding you back the most, 
That's the first thing. And from there, we can talk about either your physical signals or your emotions. But usually for every single person, one thing dominates everything or two things are the most dominant that we need to address. So it's really a combination of four bubbles if we think about it for intuitive eating. It's once again, logic, emotions, and physical cues. And finally, the fourth one is body image. How can you start to look at your body in a more neutral light? And that is really the work of intuitive eating. And if you are someone who feels like you're ready to really focus on your relationship with food, you're done with feeling obsessed with food, you're done with thinking about food all day, you're done with feeling guilty, just like how that one bite of the brownie opened up Pandora's box for the next few days. And for the next few weeks, I was not okay. If that's you, where it feels like you're just gripping onto quicksand, right? Every time you try something new, every time you start a new diet, it just feels like you can do it, but it just feels like you're gripping onto quicksand. That just means it's too hard and it's probably not sustainable. And that's why it feels like quicksand versus if it were easy and fun, Think about all the easy and fun things that are in your life right now. For me, it's like walking my dog and walking around the grocery stores in my neighborhood. For me, it's like drinking this big old mug of tea. This is my favorite thing in the world to do in the morning. It's warm. It's the perfect temperature. It's soothing as it goes down. I never skip it. I never skip walking my dog. I never skip drinking this mug of tea. No fun and easy things are going to feel like you're gripping onto quicksand. So really think about that and If you're ready to take one baby toe step into thinking about your relationship with food, dealing with your emotions, being more aware of your physical signals, then I think this is the right work for you. But if you're so, so, so scared of gaining weight, if the last thing you want to do is gain weight, or if all you want to do is be thin, I would really want you to consider how that's serving you, how that desire to be thin is serving you, has being thin been an enjoyable experience for you? Were you able to go out with your friends normally? Were you able to enjoy your social life? Were you able to have fun? Or were you still preoccupied by the thoughts of food every single day at your thinnest? At my thinnest, I was thinking about food more. I was always thinking about food and how I could grip onto the quicksand and never let go of that discipline and always you know, eat the right things. And I said no to plans all the time. Is that the life you want to live for the rest of your life just so you could be thin? Consider that. Maybe right now intuitive eating isn't the right work for you, but just listening to this podcast maybe watching videos on it, seeing people exposing yourself to people in the body positive space is the right first step. So for the rest of you who really would like to see what this is all about, whether you stay the same weight, gain a little bit or lose a little bit to you, that's secondary to fixing and healing your relationship with food, then intuitive eating is definitely the right work for you. I've actually created a fun quiz called is intuitive eating right for you. And if you are really curious, you can go take that quiz on my website, cravingfoodfreedom.com backslash quiz. And that way you'll really get a sense of if this work is right for you. So I encourage all of you to continue to stay tuned every Monday. This is where I'll be every Monday morning. This year, I really want to focus on how 
one's relationship with food affects romantic relationships, platonic friendships, even money mindset. I think the way that we deal with food, which is purely a control mechanism, is in a lot of ways how we deal with a lot of other things in life, where whether it's with people, with money, with things. I think that would be really interesting. So stay tuned on conversations about money, adulting, being first gen, being a millennial in a big city. Was I a good girlfriend when I was in the deep throes of my food issues? How am I today as an intuitive eater? How's my relationship with money as it relates to self-esteem and self-worth? And how does that tie back to body image? All of that is going to be in what's to come. And I can't wait for you to join me in this new year. And if you really wanted to dive head first into this work with me personally, I do have one-on-one coaching slots open. And so you can book a session with me through my website, cravingfoodfreedom.com. And I will see you next Monday. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Craving Food Freedom Podcast. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and please leave a review. I love hearing from you. Until next time, I will be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey towards food freedom.